The uncertainty, change and cancelling culture currently happening in society tremendously impacts everyone, also at work. People want to feel they belong to their organization and feel inclusive in a diverse culture. Not having this feeling can cause stress, unsafety, discomfort, which in this high-pressure society can lead to distrust and health problems. In Deloitte's podcast series, we talk with a variety of people with a variety of background and expertise. I'm Anne-Barbara Lemmens. I'm leading the diversity, equity and inclusion proposition at Deloitte Consulting. I will have candid conversations with people working in a wide variety of societal environments to gain and share knowledge that can be used in the business world. Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of Deloitte's Psychological Safety podcast series, what we can learn from. Today, I will have a candid and open conversation with Roland Slot, former founder and managing partner of Eberkin, McKinsey, and now owner of his company, Breathe. Welcome, Roland. And can you please uh, introduce yourself a bit more? Yeah, thank you, Anna, Barbara. And um, thank you for inviting me for this podcast. Let's see what's going to emerge. Um, yeah, a little bit about myself, my background. Um, I've been, like after a brief corporate career at Shell, I became a serial entrepreneur. Very excited to start companies, buy companies, uh, grow companies. Until uh, at some point, my body told me that uh, I needed a change. <laughs> and that was um, uh, in 2004 when I had a, like a heavy stone in my stomach that became unbearable. And, uh, and that 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 showed me that for me there was a different path and uh, so i surrendered and i stepped down as ceo of a software company i was i had founded and was leading at the time and i discovered that i wanted to follow my passion that i had discovered in the the year before the three years before which is really personal development leadership development um yeah so i, I stepped out of that serial entrepreneur um, path, um, uh, chasing money and fame and status, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, um, and I surrendered to a path that was very different and new for me. And people around me were confused and they didn't, they thought for this guy, you know, now he's like a, something like a coach or so. And mm -hmm. Judging probably. Judging, yeah. yes. <laughs> like they couldn't understand why this yeah. successful entrepreneur now step down from this successful path and and to be honest i wasn't even a coach because <laughs> i knew i was passionate about it but i had no skills mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was really like starting uh, at the bottom in a way so uh, but then i found some great people on my way who helped me to grow in this space and since that time i've been like a nerd really obsessed by studying what drives human beings what, what, what drives myself and others and and then helping leaders and teams and organizations. Yeah, and from that came suddenly the idea to, I had this vision coming to me to, to start Eberkin. And I saw this kind of, I saw this vision of creating a group of people, like I saw 200 people from all over the world, <laughs> uh, the best coaches, facilitators coming together uh, and create this vibrant community to really help business leaders grow in their consciousness together with McKinsey. So, all right. <laughs> so I felt like let's let's do it. And then uh, after a couple of years, it materialized. So McKinsey yeah. uh, became co-founder and uh, for 50% shareholder. 
And uh, we built a, with a starting team with nine and then we grew to uh, quite a few people around the globe. Yeah, yeah. So, um, and then at some point, uh, uh, McKinsey acquired the remaining 50%. And, uh, and that was good for Aberkin and also good for the work. And, but two years later, I realized, okay, I guess my mission is completed. Uh, so I felt like very strong inner guidance to leave and to start something new. Yeah. It's called Breathe. Yeah. And with Breathe, uh, the intention is to experiment with new models to find new ways for capitalism. Um, no, yeah. big words, but just experiment <laughs> yeah, yeah. and see what we can create that, that is uh, of service for all stakeholders. Okay. Yeah. okay. I have four kids. I live in the woods, so I love nature. Yeah. Uh, I need nature <laughs> yeah. to sustain what I'm doing. That's yeah. maybe for now. We will probably come back to that as well during yeah. the conversation. Thank you. Um, but what a path, right? I mean, if mm. I hear all of this, uh, that's why I'm also so happy that you're here and that we can have a conversation about psychological safety. Uh, since I assume that on your path you have dealt with or experienced some safety, but maybe also unsafety. Mm -hmm. And we would love to learn from you as well. Like, how did you deal with it? What did you, how did you cope? What, what uh, even culture changed? So we will, we will get through that during the conversation. But maybe the first question is, have you experienced psychological unsafety during your path? And how did you, how was that? <laughs> yeah, it's a great question. Um, I definitely have experienced that. And um, so I remember one situation where we were doing with Everkin and McKinsey, we were doing a really large transformation project for a really big successful company, a listed company. And uh, there was a French CEO <laughs> and, um, and he had a, like a behavior that something was happening unexpected or something other than he thought was the right thing. He would leash out and really And also to me, to tell me, hey, you're incompetent. <laughs> <laughs> like with amazing, this energy. And uh, so first thing it happened after we had a two-day workshop, which from my perspective had gone really, really well. Mm -hmm. But then in the end, something happened that was not maybe how he thought it should have gone. And he leashed out to me and, and one of my uh, dear uh, colleagues. Um, <laughs> and... Uh, Well, the effect of me was that I felt smaller. I felt like mi mm. diminished and uh, I'd given my best. And uh, so this was big learning, right? Wow, how, how important it is to uh, what the impact is. And uh, so I felt like, you know, I'm a big guy. I can, have, I can take some in, but it was mm -hmm. a humbling experience. Yeah. Now, what that led to was that I realized mm, this is actually limiting him as a leader, the CEO, and also mm. the company big time. And, and when next time the same thing happened, but now I was prepared. Mm -hmm. And maybe, what maybe one step back. Yeah, so sure. how, did yeah. you, how did you respond to that? Or how did that, when he said that, you're yeah. incompetent, yeah. right? What, what did yeah, you Yeah, I, I felt my, let my heart sank through the floor. I felt like, I felt smaller. I mean, I'm a yeah. tall guy, but I felt like small and diminished and yeah. insecure and not knowing what to do and... And, uh, yeah. So, so you let uh, it happen also then in the end. I let it happen in yeah. the end. And yeah. I didn't have the, at the moment, the courage or, or, or I, I didn't have an idea how I could then deal with it at the moment because it was, it came out so 
unexpe- unexpectedly. Yeah. It's yeah. total surprise at the end of two days, you know, yeah. which were really gone well. Yeah. So um, it was really low. It, we ended at a low. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that was the effect on me, really. And also, my, my colleague was a super senior <laughs> guy from McKinsey, uh, globally well known. Actually, he ran out <laughs> and was really angry. I never want to work again for this client. Can uh, you imagine, right? So it was like, wow. It wasn't like uh, the impact was really bad, actually. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, um, and th- this guy was also giving everything he had for this company and for the CEO. Yeah. So, yeah. um, and nobody stepped up or, right? Nobody, nobody stepped up. No, it was no. dead silence. Yeah, exactly. Okay. And everybody like, oh, right. Just like nobody knew how to deal with that really dysfunctional behavior. Yeah. And the guy had super qualities. I don't yeah, 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 so He, no, had, he yeah. had super qualities. So, yeah. but this was diminishing everything and he wasn't aware of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, so you said well, two weeks after. He, but, yeah. yeah. So like, I think a month after um, we had a, like a top 20 with the whole company and, um, what happened actually? It was a guy presenting. It's like yesterday, and uh, and then again he leased out. You're incompetent, and and then I said, stop it. We stop now. Everything. And then I just felt to the guy I was presenting. So so how do you feel now? Now this is happening, and it was dead silence. Mm. You could hear like a pin drop fall, and and the guy said, I feel stupid. Mm. And then the CEO stood up. Walked to the guy, went on his knees, back <laughs> for says, "I'm sorry." Wow. He just didn't realize. Yeah. He didn't yeah. realize. Yeah. The impact of his behavior. It was an amazing moment. Yeah. And that changed a lot. The total. Yeah. The tone. Yeah. And the interaction and yeah. the trust. Yeah. So it shows that I mean, this is a great example of showing that the awareness, right? There's not. Yeah. Sometimes there's just no awareness about what you, your behavior does to somebody else. I think that's the. How do you create that awareness? I think that's a big question, but that's that is something. Yeah, so it's a good, it's a great question, um, and I don't claim to have the answer fully. But what I've learned is that people, everyone, leaders especially and CEO especially, need mirrors, need people around them to mirror them to help them become aware of the impact of their behavior. Yeah, and you know. It, it's really true. It gets lonelier at the top. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So, so, uh, and, and yeah, so, so there are very few people who are honestly giving feedback to the CEO because, yeah, of fears, all the usual things. But it's so needed. Yeah. Because if there's no openness, there's no, there's no safety for people to speak up. And then you miss very important insights for you know, for many things. So how people are doing, yeah. their motivation, but also strategically, directions people can... And so what I, when in my coaching of CEOs, I always help them to ask questions. So, you know, tell me. Ask, tell me. So tell me about my behavior. Tell me yeah. about the impact of my behavior. Tell me about what you're feeling and what you're thinking yeah. about this. Yeah. The upward feedback. Or, yeah. Upward feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Listen. Yeah. yeah. Listen. Be curious, open-minded. Yeah, yeah. Because what people don't realize often, see, CEOs have grown to the ranks. Nobody starts as CEO. So um, so they've grown, and they think they're still like everybody else. But the mm-hmm. problem is that other people make this role so important that what you say or what you do is amplified a thousand times. And there are very few CEOs that realize it. They think I'm just the same person like I always used to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah <laughs> so, yeah. you know, what I say, you know, doesn't really matter. I mean, I can say whatever I want and who cares? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> One situation comes to mind where I was coaching 
the CEO of a large company, listed company again, and the board. And, uh, and what he said to me was, I wish I had started my personal development 10 years ago. Yeah. But now I have no time for it. Oh, yeah. I now realized what I've missed. Yeah. And there are, and it's just it was an honest answer from the guy. I was really yeah. honest. Yeah. And uh, what happens typically is, see, in these large corporations, we get promoted because of short per, short-term performance. Yeah. We change jobs every two, three years, you know. So then you reach that, then you're asked certainly to be CEO. And it's a whole different role. Yeah. Now it's not about short-term performance. Of course it is, but then not through you. Yeah. So... Now you have to create the conditions for other people to thrive and the company long term, which is a very different role. Yeah. And yeah. and and uh, corporations are not preparing these people enough to that extent. So mm-hmm. I had one, I had this idea one day to create a school for that. It never materialized, yeah. but yeah. that should be so relevant because it's really something else. Yeah. yeah. And 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 everybody would be a better leader. And yeah. it's much more about being reflective, being aware of how you respond to situations. Yeah. Uh, using intuition yeah. and how you build your team, you know, those kind of things. Because, you know, in the end of the day, it's always the CEO and the top team. If that works, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah right. Then, it's, <laughs> then, yeah. then they can yeah. move mountains. Yeah. Then, then yeah. okay, then you have adversity. But, you know, if you have a very good team together and a leader who's, you know, reflective and, and, uh, and, and curious and all these things, then, yeah. Uh, no matter what happens in the outside, yeah. they will know, find a way forward. Yeah. yeah. And what's what's your definition of a good team? How do you... Well, it's interesting. Um, uh, for me, a good team is actually, and it's very rare. So most, team, mm-hmm. most teams I've worked with are actually dysfunctional. And most of them are not even aware that they are dysfunctional. But they are so far from their potential. Um well, most teams get a lot of things done together, but that's, that's more, again, the awareness. So for me, a great team is where people are truly aligned on the purpose and the vision. Mm-hmm. And we assume often we are aligned, but when I would interview board members like a, a leadership team of six or five, what's the direction of the company? Yeah. What's the vision? What's the purpose? What's the strategy? It's, you get six different answers. And mm-hmm. it's not so much the words that may differ, but it's easy... But even to the extent what it actually is, they're saying. So because teams do not spend a lot of time, not enough time to really, really understand what is the direction. Yeah. Are we aligned on it? Uh, are we, are we, are we, are, do we agree? Uh, or do we not agree? So alignment, alignment. And from it, alignment comes also the ability to align the teams reporting to them. Yeah. But what often happens, because we don't spend enough time on the alignment, then battles are fought, <laughs> you yeah. know, in yeah. You know, in other parts of organizations, because of lack alignment, yeah. and all every unclarity that's left by the top team is multiplied yeah. in less organization. So that's one thing: alignment on direction. And this is not a static thing; it evolves. So we need to be aligned uh, on a regular basis, and then spend time on it. And the other thing is, what's the quality of interaction or yeah. execution? And 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 so because that's where the trust builds actually. So and and you know, uh, there are a lot of teams where there is actually a silent conflict. Yeah. Why? Because people either don't like each other's styles or they have opinions and that's not brought to the surface. That's not processed in a safe way. So then you get like a little bit better is a truce. So, you know, there's not a fight, silent fight, silent conflict, but there's a kind of, okay, you know, 
And then there is professional respect, a little bit better, but still it's cold. It's mm-hmm. very cold. You can mm-hmm. you can sit in a team and it feels cold. And only then when you, next level, it's like solidarity. When I care about your performance and mm-hmm. your well-being, and you care about my performance and well-being. Yep. Wow. And that's something because, it, wow, now, I, now you know, if you have something like going on privately, and that, that's why your performance is kind of not not at par at what we normally get from you, then, okay, can I pick you up? Am I, do I have the, the willingness, do I have the connection with you to pick you up and also the other team members? And yep. together, we take responsibility for the outcome. And then there's a whole new level that is if we become one mind, like you see sometimes in sports, right? When a team, they don't talk, they just know exactly where the ball is going. Yep. And, yep. and that's also possible. But that's rarely, but yeah, so that's, that's a little bit what I've learned about teams. Yeah, yeah. and what that's that's great. Uh, uh, that constru- constructive uh, conflict that is something that I also see with clients or it's with teams a lot. That's so hard, right? That they yeah. feel like, oh yeah, we're we're working together fine yeah. and well, yeah. and then, yeah. but then the elephant in the room is never yeah. called out, and yeah. that's yeah. And, and you get artificial harmony. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Which yeah. is a terrible disease in yeah. in, in, yeah. in organizations. And it yeah. actually creates unsafety. It creates huge unsafety. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because people feel things. Yeah. We're sentient animals. We forget sometimes. We think we're logical, like uh, robots. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we're yeah. We're not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're not. So people feel it. Yeah. And but and then it creates and then it's much bigger because if I feel something, like a tension between two leaders, mm-hmm. I can make it super big in my head. Maybe it's a yeah, small yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, exactly. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. 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 Yeah, when you feel it between people, but also yourself, of yeah, course, exactly. right? So you make yeah. it bigger as well. Yeah. From a, uh, I find it interesting to hear about the diversity. So uh, it triggered me when you said in sport, right, in one mind. Um, I had a comment from a client recently saying, yeah, but let's be honest, right? Having all mini-me's in the room is so easy, right? It's so great to have all mini-me's yeah. because then the project, we j- just one word and we know what, what way yeah. to go. Mm-hmm. Um and to me, it was like, okay, I, I, this is almost like 20 years back or maybe even longer back to think that that's the way to go. Um, but can you say a little bit more about diversity and how that mm. has an impact on? Yeah. Yeah, so um, what I've experienced is actually that um, in myself, that it's very easy to talk to people who are very much like me, <laughs> yeah. collaborate with people who are like me. And so the only thing is what I've also learned is that it's kind of is also limiting me. And and that's something that that I've... So it's harder to work with people who are very different. It's just harder. Yeah. At the same time, I mean, probably I got the best feedback from people who are very different. <laughs> yeah. And so yeah. for my own learning and development, it has been very, very instrumental to to work with people who are different and but then i maybe another angle is so in working in everkin everkin was actually uh, a company that most of the people in everkin were women yeah? mm-hmm. so and i thought we were a very safe company yeah because and of that or no no because no 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 yeah, just yeah. because of the culture because yeah. because we were yeah. th- working on our own development yeah, and yeah, we were all, yeah. all coaches and facilitators so <laughs> i had the illusion it would be safe but then in everything, we had these kind of circles working on all, all kind of topics, like mm-hmm. uh, also uh, masculine, feminine energy, and uh, and I was really shocked actually to find out that even in Everkin, women did not feel safe, 
enough to show their full power. And that was, it really touched me. Mm. So, um, because what I've learned also in working in large transformations is that without the feminine energy, no transformation is possible. So the masculine energy can initiate things, but the feminine energy is actually the container for transformation to happen, to materialize. And uh, I was shocked to find out that in the company that I had founded, mm -hmm. that I was leading, which I thought was safe, wasn't safe enough. Mm. And that was really like, uh, yeah, that hit me yeah. really hard. So, um, yes. And then what happened? Yeah, well, to be much more open to it. And what I've learned actually is to then ask women in meetings, women, what, 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 what's your perspective? Say mm. more. Mm. What is your perspective? Say more. Because what I also notice in, in meetings is that men are so dominant in saying things and they don't leave enough space for women to speak. Mm. And so it's a little like, you know, extroverted people and introverted people, but then different on a whole different level. So I always uh, train myself to ask if there's a team, diverse team, to create space. Yeah, yeah. And when I do that, then I get incredible, valuable answers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If uh, if we create a space where, where also women feel like safe and to open up and show their power and <laughs> and their perspective, so stop talking and have silence in meetings. Oh yeah. Wow. How often do we have that? Yeah. It's always some smart guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That that wants to chip in the next thing. Yeah. So silence can help to bring the yeah. wisdom. Yeah. So the, yes, uh, wisdom. Yeah. Yeah. Reflection, space. Yeah. Right. Pause. Just pause and see we what happens. We can pause for a bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And scary yeah. for people. Uncomfortable. Yeah. The yeah, silence. Yeah. 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 Um, and diversity from a culture perspective. Can you say something about that? Yeah. So. Um, I've wor I've I had the privilege to work in many cultures, in Russia, mm. in China, in India, in Brazil, in South Africa, in Middle East. So really been around working with top leaders in those countries and, and also on deep personal themes, because in Everkin we were doing always a mix of business transformation and deep personal transformation. So mm -hmm. it's been such a blessing and honor to learn from those cultures and... Um, I give you one example in in Saudi Arabia. I was impressed by the women, the power of women. That country will transform not by 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 men, mm -hmm. but by women. Mm -hmm. I mean, against the odds, you know, if you if you're not able to to drive even now, now they can. But I mean, it's just insane. You cannot imagine. But then the and you can't even have a company, right? It's just yeah, 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 you yeah, can't yeah. believe <laughs> how yeah. how outdated it is. And yeah, yeah. but then these women. They were so powerful mm -hmm. and speaking their truth and finding their way, even in that setting to, to lead. Yeah. Amazing. So, um, and, you know, also in China and in Russia, uh, bizarre thing that I was teaching meditation to people in India, yeah. <laughs> which, which, which came from India, but they got caught up in the material dream like so many of us. But anyway, m maybe the most important thing is what I've learned is that we always emphasize on the differences and the culture. And yes, people, the cultures are very different and distinct and we should take that into consideration. But at a deeper level, that's so beautiful to find out when doing the deeper work in those countries, we're all the same. 
-hmm. We have exactly the same fears, exactly the same needs. We want to be safe. We want to belong. We want to do well. Yep. We want to raise our kids, you know, in a good way. We want to love and receive love. It's it's everywhere. Yeah. It's nowhere where it's not. Yeah. It's just this actually very thin cultural layer, which is nice, makes life interesting, adds to the diversity of, of the human experience, but it's actually pretty thin compared to the deeper yeah. fears and the deeper needs. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what I feel is opportunity. That's also, I think, the, the role of global business. Because now with all these geopolitical tensions, it's actually so beautiful that in these corporations, people actually find each other and the, and the common ground. Yeah. That's, yeah. I think, the role of corporations yeah. to, to keep the world together. Yeah. I mean, there's, of course, there are downsides, you know, in, in the maybe single pursuit for profit and, and, and kind of, in a way, damaging the, the planet. But there's also the big upside of corporations, big corporations, global yeah. corporations, to uh, to really have people experience the the, the unity and the, and the and the connection. Right. Um, we always we have it, this is a series podcast series. Yeah. So we have a previous guest who had a question for you. Yeah. That was Angela Mast, mm -hmm. our Mast. Yes. Our uh, cardio feminist. We, uh, she calls herself. And she had a question. Um, as he has such an experience, I would ask him, why shouldn't we have a kind of quotum for executive boards to put in a junior member? Uh, so now we have discussed quota for women and ethnic minorities, which we're, we are still not doing quite well. But what about age groups, yeah. younger age groups? And I would like to know his opinion about that. Yeah, I, uh, from my perspective, it's, it's, it is actually um, a must-have. I get lots of energy from working with young people. And why is that? Because not only because they're, because they're young and beautiful and have lots of energy, but it's also because they bring new things. Mm -hmm. And uh, so I feel if we we need new solutions for our current challenges. And it's not going to come from people like my age mm -hmm. <laughs> or maybe our age. It's, it's predominantly going to come from much younger people. But they need people like us to help find their way in this world that we've created. Yep. So I feel that's where we could, can find each other. And so... In whatever way um, that young people are given a voice, if, it, if it, business ideas, you know, uh, how, the, the, how they look at situations. And, and it's amazing the wisdom that's in them. It's so amazing. So they, they are born with, I feel, with much higher consciousness often. It's just that they need to find their way in the world. So then we mistake their worldly, maybe inexperience for... Yeah. For for not having the wisdom. Well, I can tell you, <laughs> many have much more wisdom than people of our generation. Mm -hmm. But it's just the, 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 the translation we need to make them help make. So yeah. invite them in your teams and, and, and in, in boards and in whatever way, because that's going to lead uh, us toward new solutions. And yeah. I'm very proud of my daughter who works for the National Jeugdraad, which is actually uh, input for the long-term government policy mm -hmm. in The Hague, which yeah. is a fantastic thing. Yeah. I didn't know we had it. but in no, those, no. It's, it's a, so, so the government is just doing it. And, yeah. Yeah. and corporations, I know they talk about it, but to mm -hmm. have it on a structural level. Yeah. 
yeah. structural level, just tap into the wisdom of these younger people is amazing. Yeah. And 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 you know it can spark your their your, my creativity. It can it can inspire my creativity also. Yeah. So it's often said that the younger generation. So we say we need to listen, right, to the younger generation. Uh, we need to help them to speak up. Uh, but we also hear it's sort of a paradox, I think, because we also hear that younger generation actually speaks up a lot mm. and says a lot. Uh, they also uh, are very, like you say, right? They're very conscious. They're much more able to uh, uh, put their stakes in the ground of, okay, this is enough, or I'm not working tonight. So how how do we deal with that? Yeah, um, it seems like a paradox. Yeah, so um, all these young, spoiled <laughs> kids, they want to have it all and not work too hard. And uh, yeah, I've been grown up like in, in from generation like uh, after the Second World War, like, uh, you know, keep your mouth shut, just work hard. And uh, maybe my parents even more, but it was it was still part of, I think, the, my generation. Just work hard and be successful. And, and that's that's the, where the, that's the road to happiness. And I feel that younger generation, you know, they sometimes need also feedback and <laughs> and challenges and all that. But maybe their desire to not work so crazy hours like like I did or the generation before me did is maybe something very sane and very good for the world. And and because in the end of the day, you know, why 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 do we waste our lives so with so many hours spent on work? And if you combine that, because if you, if you ask people at the end of their lives, nobody will ever say. Oh, I wish I w- would have worked more hours. Nobody will tell you that. They tell you different things, mm-hmm. because then suddenly every, everything falls away. If you just before you're dying, everything. The only thing then what matters is relationship, experiences, learning. That's what ma- that's what people will tell. So let's let's learn from that and not just continue on this crazy path of more and more and more and working harder, harder, harder. That's and and the other thing is there's something in in what younger people are saying that would allow us to also find other ways to be much more productive. And I've experienced it myself. If I have enough silence in me, I can pick up the subtle signs and then I then I can evoke a principle that I call synchronicity. And it sounds very vague, but it's very concrete. It means that my actions are aligned with what's happening around me. And it's like, instead of trying to swim very hard against the current it's serving the wave because Mm -hmm. now i'm aware of the wave and it's more fun and it requires far less energy and and that's and every time and increasingly with practices i i am finding myself in this wave of synchronicity and it's really amazing and it both applies for workplace the workspace and 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 the and the and, and also family and private life. So there's much more, we're looking at productivity, but we look at still at the old ways, a bit more IT, a bit more efficiency. But this is radical. This is like, okay, if I just become silent, I now know that I need to call this person. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, I do it. Hey, and somehow magically, this turns out to be exactly the person I need to speak to for this project. Mm-hmm. And now it runs smoothly instead of, you know, having these steering committees, <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, which you also need for some things. But balance that with, you know, uh, sensing what is really important now and following that. There's a lot of wisdom in, in, the, in the body. I mean, I, I've learned to, I mean, I was living in my head when I was young. 
I've learned to trust the wisdom in this body and then follow that. Now, it's amazing what happens in terms of productivity and efficiency and all that. So that's something I think the younger generation is are trying to convey to us. Tell yeah, us. Tell us, yeah. Tell us. Come yeah. on. Let's find out how that works. Yeah. yeah. You know, like the, the guy from uh, Pentagonia. Let your people go surfing. Yeah. There are some days... When it's brilliant to surf, let people go surfing. And mm. then other days, and they bring that creativity, the energy from the ocean, they bring to the, to the office. Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm. No, no, we, we expect everybody to be like a robot, like discussions on how, when should you be in the office or not. Mm. I mean, instead of, okay, so you know, what really, what drives you? Where's your passion? Where's your energy? And how can we unlock your potential? And which projects does it fit? Wow. Then you don't need to control people. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That will go, that will give everything to have and more. And by yeah, and doing that by creating safety first, right? That's a psychological yeah, safety exactly, because yes. otherwise yeah. you will not yeah. get no. that wisdom. No, they need to be able to speak their minds and their hearts. Yeah, and also give honest feedback. Yeah. So how would yeah. it be? How beautiful it is if I open up and say, "Bring it on!" You know, yeah. what is this, yeah. I have these ideas. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> speak yeah. your heart, speak your minds. Yeah. And also for CEOs and boards and leaders to invite young people. Okay, yeah. what do you make of this? Yeah. Tell me. Yeah. Tell me. Tell me, but it requires a very listening mind, a, a quiet mind to be able to, able to, to listen. Yeah. And is the work that you're doing with leaders helps leaders to get to that quieter mind, maybe creating headspace? I don't know how you want to... Yeah, I've seen huge transformations when people commit to their personal growth. So balancing yeah. inner growth with outer growth. Yeah. We've been trained to... To the outer growth, yeah, everything, yeah. performance. And, you know, without that, we have no, also no sustainable business. So it's important. Balance that with inner growth. I've seen miracles happen when people commit. Yeah. When people commit. But it's, you know, yeah, from my perspective, and of course I'm a strange person, but it's, it is the most single important thing. I made the choice, I think, 20 years ago to make my own development my number one priority. Why? Because... What else is there in life? Mm-hmm. I mean, that that I can influence. Yeah. That's what I can influence. Yeah. Yeah, 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 That's yeah. what I can work on every day. Yeah. I, I cannot change the world today. I can I can change myself. Mm-hmm. So, and and there are more and more leaders who, who resonate with that. It's just that, you know, there's a lot of distraction. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you need your own commitment to your own growth. You know, yep. it helps these practices like meditation, yoga, walking in the woods. I mean, without... We need nature to mm-hmm. become silent. And yeah. in silence, we discover new things. Yeah, yeah. Look, look at all the major discoveries. If you, if you really, if you really uh, look at these discoveries, these breakthroughs, they almost always happen in a moment of silence. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah? That's so. what I hear people saying, right? The best, the best uh, ideas come when you're uh, uh, in the shower in yeah. the morning. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. why is that? Because, <laughs> Taking a shower. Yeah, why is that? Because your brain waves are still in data when yeah. you sleep and then yeah. they come in theta. And yeah. in theta, you have access to your bre- to, to the creative brain waves. Yeah. Now, yeah. normally we're on beta, but people don't, it's simple technology. You know? yeah. But people, that's what you need to learn. Yeah. yeah? yeah. And it, it will be taught in schools. It will be standard, I'm sure, in 10, 20 years, it yeah, will yeah, be yeah. the standard practice. Yeah. But yeah. it's what do I practice I become? If, mm-hmm. I, if I blame you know, my, 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 the people working for me, if I blame 
the government. Mm. I become very good at blaming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, and uh, and uh, uh, also always a thing that people say, and I know I say it myself sometimes as well, is I don't have time for it, right? Yeah. Or there's so much that yeah. comes on my way or some things that I need to do today. Uh, so how do you, uh, did you, how did you work, for example, in Eberkin or now in Breathe? Is that also did you put enough time in to prepare for things or to think about things? Or how, how do you do that? Because I think that's a big, yeah. a big challenge for it businesses. Is. Yeah, it is. And, you know, in, in Eberkin, we had two goals. One was to raise consciousness in leaders across the world. And the other was to create a nurturing community. Yeah. And the nurture community is very, very important. So we cannot change the world by ourselves. We are we are also herd animals. We need <laughs> people around us. Yeah, yeah. That encourages. So doing practice together helps a lot. So so but also rituals help a lot. So yeah. in meetings, you know, do check-ins, ask people how they feel before you start. Very simple. Yeah. It it can transform completely the culture in your company. So these these rituals, these moments of silence. I, I've had my challenges when when I was leading Airbakin. I was not role modeling actually <laughs> always what I felt was good. And uh, I learned a lot from that. <laughs> you didn't practice what you preach, you mean? Yeah, at, at times, cause, yeah. because I was so passionate about it. I was really, I was, uh, in the day I was working with clients and then in the night I was building Airbakin. Well, that's not yeah, a yeah, sustainable yeah, yeah, yeah. model, but because no. I was so passionate. Yeah. But I would never do that again in that way. I've learned also the hard way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, so did you just just yeah. so so you realized then when you, when you did sessions with clients while you the day the night before you worked on yeah. building Evergreen yeah. if you were less there than or yeah, is it not that yeah. there's always a quality to it. It's always yeah. there's always it always comes at a price. Mm-hmm. So it's much better to and that's what I do now. I, I when I work with a team or. You know, to just spend time before in silence, mm-hmm. and then 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 I'm fully present. Yeah. And of course, there are ways to wing it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and people yeah. will not notice because yeah. maybe they <laughs> don't have, yeah. they're not so sensitive yet, or they, they haven't experienced. It. But it's also you know, it's so different when people could get when when I'm fully, uh, when I've taken my time to prepare and become silent inside. It's very different. Yeah. And also yeah. I. Later, I've learned to tap into, I think, something much greater, which is, I think, is something called collective intelligence. And and if we if we get a space to tap into that, and I, I also feel that all the major inventions in the world have have come yeah, out yeah. through only hard work. Yes, you need hard work. I'm, I cannot be a, like a famous piano player if I've never piano played, and mm. I just kind of uh, imagine that I kind of receive the, the universe. The, no, gets no, <laughs> the universe <laughs> makes me pain. Yeah, yeah. But I do feel that. If you master a field, then become silent, and then you you get some kind of you tap into what I call is a collective field, and that's actually where breakthroughs happen. Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm. then, I, but if I if I'm masterful in something and I am then asked, which is always a challenge, to do do the, the trick that I can do so well so much, mm-hmm. then there's no time, mm-hmm. then there's no connection, then I lose it, then yeah. I lose space, then I lose yeah. connection with myself, yeah. I lose connection with nature, I lose connection with what I call this magical collective intelligence yeah and, but i i'm now at a place that i am really resolved to not let that happen yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I just don't i don't i don't do it no no exactly. i say no that's also in my view right over the last um six podcasts so this is the sixth one i think is uh, we we learned a lot from from leaders from all different perspectives and i think the connection human connection is just uh 
the basis of yeah. everything. Yeah. And how to create that, we, we learned from diff- in different ways, from different yeah. uh, leaders. But in the end, I think that's the basis of everything, having connection. Um, yeah, yeah, that will create safety, psychological safety, yeah, and trust. Um, do you have a, a question to the listeners, to people who are listening to this podcast? I have. I have a question. And that is actually, what is the workplace that you would wish for your children? Yeah. And what can you do to create a workplace where you would, where you would like your kids to work yeah. and thrive? That's a beautiful one. Yeah. Great. Well, with this, I don't want to say too much more because I think that's a, that's a great ending of, uh, of this podcast series. Um, Roland, thank you very much for your wisdom and your uh, openness. Um, and I wish to, uh, to talk more. <laughs> uh, but let's do that at a later time. Uh, and thank you so much. And listeners, thank you for listening again. And uh, stay tuned for more podcasts to come. One of the key elements of psychological safety is having an open dialogue and feeling free to speak up. So if you have any questions or would like more information, feel free to reach out to me or our colleagues. You can find the contact information in the description of this podcast. We're looking forward to learn and share.